You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we're talking to artists about what it's like to get your music heard in the ever-changing music industry, uh, how it is to use tools like social media and other platforms as an independent artist in a changing music business. Today we're talking to Frank Cinelli, a singer-songwriter from London, England, and one of our favorite artists to listen to around here. Frank talks to us about everything from making and releasing records as an independent artist to touring the world and being on The Voice. Here's more from Frank now. Well, thank you, first of all, for inviting me on your show. Uh, what am I up to? I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter. I write things mostly on the guitar. I make records here at my studio in London, where I also make records for other people. Uh, lovely, talented musicians, but I spend a lot of time on the road playing shows. I play kind of folk, uh, I guess indie folk music, you would call it these days. Um, and I like to keep busy. I'm very passionate. I love what I do very, very much. And I try in one way or the other uh, to make a living from my from my love, from my passion. It's not always easy, but it is always a pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, let's, ju- let's jump into it. So you you mentioned that you do you really do focus on this being your living and 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 going down that road of of being a working musician so what are you finding right now um that's working for you best so i'll maybe frame that a little bit more concisely like uh how are you thinking about social media let's start with social media so how, how are you thinking about social media right now so- as it relates to your everything else well it's a very kind of poignant question social media because it's something that i am a little bit conflicted with right now in the sense that uh, you hear a lot of people talking about brands about an artist as a brand and being an independent artist and you know i will always try and seek out um you know education i'll try and learn uh, from people who are who are doing it, or who are selling it, who are just in 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 the uh, the love of music, who have you know knowledge to share, and something that comes back again and again is that you know an artist is a brand, and I feel that this is an unhealthy place to be as an artist. Um, that's difficult to be an artist and be a brand. I feel you can be an artist and work with a brand. You can be an artist uh, and work with someone who approaches your music as a brand. But, you know, as an artist, you have to make a decision of, you know, what is it that you want to do? And surely if you're an artist, you want to make art and express yourself and find your place, you know, in the world and understand your surroundings better by making music or making your art or or whatever. And when you put that into a brand, a brand state of mind, things become a little bit tricky um, because it's all about kind of selling yourself and you don't make your art to sell yourself. You make art to find out about yourself. So I think the Mm. approach that I want to take with, I'm trying to take with social media is that in in the sense that if it's interpreted as a brand, um, then so be it. But that's not what it's there for. Social media is just an extension of just communicating your music with with people, with your audience, with a new audience, but not 
thinking about it as a brand, I think is a really crucial thing for an artist that's trying to uh, find an audience. Uh, perhaps that that's not very clear. That doesn't make sense, but um, no, it makes a lot of sense. So you're, if, if I, if I might um, give my, my feedback. So it's like, you're saying that the authenticity that you strive for in your music and just at, as you as a person and why you do what you do uh, gets clouded or lost in the the pursuit of commercialization, right? It gets clouded or lost when you start, if I, uh, and I'm just talking about myself here, if I start thinking about it as a brand, you know, because if I start thinking about my music as a brand, then I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot uh, as an artist because an artist is meant to kind of, be brave and try things and discover things and be like, oh, what's behind this door, you know? And if you're a brand yeah. and you're like, I am this kind of artist and I'm going to appeal to this kind of demographic, then, <clears throat> you know, unless you already have, you know, a huge audience, you're in no position to make that, those decisions. I think. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're, you're, you, you can pigeonhole yourself, exactly. basically. You know, I think of a brand, I think of, like Coca-Cola, yeah, they're a brand that makes a brown fizzy drink that tastes sweet. Sure, exactly. Uh, an artist that would say, we're a band that plays pop music for our audience, really pigeons holes you now into being an artist. It's what I love most about bands like the Rolling Stones all the way to Beck. It's like they can do three albums and be a rock and roll band or a, you know, whatever Beck was, a rapper um with loser and all that but you know beck went on four albums later and made like a full-on country record the yes. Rolling stones did like a full-on country record mm -hmm. it's like if that's part of the brand that would be like pepsi clear oh yeah so you're saying like different products what i what i think that and i'll, I'll just i guess i'll add to the bigger concept which is the first question which is social media and what it could bring. I think there's some promise in the fact that there's um, the idea that you can find more niche audience, right? That, that just likes what you do versus you having to conform to uh, a sound that's more universal or, or more appealing to a broader audience, right? Certainly. Um, and I'm just going to interject here and you're absolutely right there, but to find a new audience, for example, me, I'm an indie folk artist. It doesn't necessarily mean that my indie, my new audience is going to come from an indie folk, um, you know, channel. And that's the that's where the beauty of or the potential of social media, I think, is. If you're an, if you're a musician and you really are passionate about, you know, art and painting, and you post about that, then you might find uh, people who who love, you know, painting and art or films of the same kind of films or books or views about the environment or whatever that you have and then that connects them to your music but it's not your music absolutely it, it's not your music that's introduced you to that audience so therefore as an artist you shouldn't think of yourself as uh, a brand yeah no i, I get it I, it makes a lot of sense that's when you when you join art and commerce, it definitely changes it. Mm -hmm. It always has. And and and, um, and I also see it from the point of view of uh, I work with 
uh, artists here at, at my studio in London and, and, and a lot of artists come and, and they're starting out and they go, I'm this kind of artist and I'm, I'm going to play, uh, you know, um, blues music or, or, or what have you. Um, but they haven't done music long enough to kind of experience other channels and maybe by them deciding and many, many artists will come and say this is my brand and that is that kind of big word brand and when you pigeonhole yourself as an artist you're kind of negating other options just in terms of music and, and your expression hmm. absolutely i mean people like bob dylan got that he got so irritated with being pinned down as a brand as folk guy and what he did was went out and got the band sure and went electric and now all of a sudden his diehard folk following that identified him as this brand of reason and poetry and the, 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 the speak and the truth all of a sudden kind of blacklisted him because he went rock and roll. Yeah. Quite frankly, that was the best thing Bob Dylan ever did, <laughs> but it also catapulted his career without a doubt after that by slightly not adhering to being a brand. Mm -hmm. You know, he was an artist as an artist. I can do whatever the fuck I want to express myself in any way means possible. Absolutely. By any means possible. Yes. So there's, so there's, how do you think about the different channels then? Like, we'll just talk about social media for a few more minutes and just get your thoughts on like YouTube and Instagram, that kind of thing. How do you treat those and how are they working for you as an artist? They're okay. Um, they're good. I, 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 I enjoy the process. I think, I spent last year spending a few months learning about uh, targeting uh, because it's something that it's at everyone's fingertips. And if you use any of the socials, you, you always get these little pop-ups pop that say, you know, you could reach these amount of people, you know, and spend a little mm -hmm. bit of money. And, and I've, I've always approached that with a great amount of caution. Um, so I spent, a few, I spent a few months kind of just trying to understanding it and um, I uh, worked with a fabulous guy here in London called Ian Clifford, um, who's a very clever man, and uh, he he's written a great, great book that every every independent artist of any medium should should read um, about understanding, you know, targeting and how it can work for you. And I've uh, applying it has, has made this last year the most kind of enjoyable in terms of reaching out to people who are going to enjoy my music and then keeping them uh, fresh with you know Frank Tinelli songs um, and knowing where I can find them so that's been very exciting to me. Uh, what was the name of that book? Uh, you go to his site which is Ian Clifford uh, Ian Clifford, I'm looking for it now. Um, <coughs> as we talk, I'll find it. So it's a site that he has. No worries. Um, um, cool. So outside of, of that, which is, you know, it's, a, it's the necessary evil promotion and just being present online now. Um, I, I feel that all, all channels, sorry to interrupt you, but I feel that all channels are really hugely beneficial. Um, I use Facebook a lot. I use Instagram and I use uh, YouTube and to a much lesser extent, I use uh, Twitter. Um, but all those things 
all those channels are very relevant. They're all very, very important. I think from a, a musician's point of view, it's just a, it's just down to how much are you going to in, enjoy engaging in those channels. But I think they're all 100% vital. Um, yeah. No, I think I totally agree. And maybe this you- as well. I mean, that would be my, my number one. How I see social media is, as an independent musician, my goal for social media is to engage with people to the point that I can then uh, uh, contact them or engage with them directly, whether it be my, through my website or through email. And then I feel that that's that's important. So when I ever have like a solid subscription to my website or a solid sale, be it like a CD or a vinyl um, anywhere, uh, that makes me feel like that's that's all the social media thing coming. That's pretty cool. Through. Have you have you connected that fan base to Patreon yet? Not yet, not yet. No, I've heard. I Patreon is 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 the subscription kind of pay what you like, and I'll send you the good. Yeah, it's kind of like a kind of like a paid fan club thing where you know you can do different offerings, and um, you know, taking that old patronage model that used to fund like you know baroque art and things like that that's fantastic Um, i mean i think from my point of view that would be the kind of the ultimate um kind of the ultimate thing where you have a group of people who you know are interested in your music and you're making content kind of maybe not exclusively for them but yes like you know that they're there and you're you're it's very exciting it's very exciting. Yeah. Like Patreon. There's an artist that we, we found out about that does, she does like one song a week. So she does 52 songs a year and builds that into sort of a, here's what I'm going to offer you for my, uh, for her, uh, Patreon model, which she's a pretty savvy artist. Uh, I don't know about how 52 songs quality would be at the end of the year, but <laughs> if you've engaged your audience and you've taken the best ones and you put those on Spotify or whatever, then, you know, it's fine. I mean, you're writing songs no matter what as an artist, right? You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And but quality is key. I think, I think you've said something like super important that quality is, is, is key. And that's the same with, with social media. Like if you're engaging with artists and you're, putting yourself out there as an audience um sorry to your audience what you're engaging with has to be has to be has to be quality not not just absolutely not just throwing out throwing stuff out there for the sake of just um yeah you know doing i think the quality thing is is critical because it's the thing it's the one thing that music has that a lot of other content doesn't which is especially in the social media world where people are just churning out like whatever yeah. music has this other quality that it can live for years. It just lives forever as long as it's audible. Right. Absolutely. Um, and there's, there's, you know, there's a craft to it and an art to it. So it, it's, it's a much more engaging thing. I, I, we think it's, it's the right kind of content for, for the world, but, um, what are your thoughts on Spotify? Are you focusing on that? I'm. I'm. I don't know if I'm focusing on that, uh, but it's a part of, of of what I do. This last year with my um, record, uh, 
that came out uh, in September. I started putting out songs one at a time uh, from last February, you know, and I just had a had a had a go, um, kind of threw a punch at at, at Spotify um, playlists and stuff, and you know, a couple of songs did did okay, and 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 it's nice, uh, but I don't know what it really boils down to in the sense that having 10,000 to 20,000 plays on a song, like I, I'm not sure in the real world what that means. So, uh, and I don't think any artist out there really wants to make a career out of chasing fractions of pennies, sure. really, unless you're one of those artists getting hundreds of millions of plays. You definitely seem to me like an artist that I could pick up on your vibe. I have picked up on your vibe by, looking at your album artwork and seeing kind of your presence like it's all related to your sound and sure i imagine that's taken you you know a minute you know i mean it took me years to kind of figure out what is all of this that i'm trying to project with my music mm -hmm. you know there's a, the look the story and everything needs to come from a place of how i want you to hear my music so to speak so sure i'd like to don't mind just take a little step back on how you even you know sure you got a guitar or something at a young age you can tell tell us that you got into music but at what point did you start making records or at least recordings and then at what point do you feel you came into yourself making the music and the quality of recordings that you are right now Oh, thank you uh, for saying the quality of the recordings. That's a very kind thing to say. In terms of my, um, you know, story with with music, I've I've I don't know. Uh, it's it was so, I was so young, <laughs> so little, when I just fell in love with it, and I fell in love with it, um, <clears throat> just instantly. Um, and I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, let me think. I do remember what it was. I was a very kind of rambunctious, uh, loud-mouthed um, kid when I was at school, and I, and I shared a bus ride. We went on a bus to school. Uh, our school was in Oxbridge in uh, London, uh, and my brother, who was a few years older than me, him and his friends were all very cool and sat at the back of the bus. I wanted their attention, and that uh, wanting for attention... Uh, gain me beatings on the way to school every day and one day my brother was just like enough just behave yourself just here's my walkman and just listen and it was uh bob dylan highway 61 revisited and the thing is when you listen to music and you're 11 12 13 years old you have no concept of this was recorded 50 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever and it was just it was a world and I'd, I'd never really listened to music before then. So that was really the first thing and the kind of the gates opened and I was, uh, I was just in love with it, with the, the songs, the words, but the guitar is what kind of drew me in. So uh, since I, I started playing guitar when I was 13 and it was just uh, Guns N' Roses, I think was the first real kind of band love that I, that I, that I had. Um, oh. And, and and what a kind of guitar hero to have, and it was just everything, everything guitar, everything kind of Gibson Les Paul throughout my teens, just kind of a, a, an obsession. You know, it was an obsession. Mm -hmm. It was when kind of rock and roll was 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 um, 
ruled ruled the ways when you had you know Nirvana and and Pearl Jam and Red Hot Chili Peppers who are like you know on the pop charts, which is kind of an incredible thing if you think about music now. Um, and it's just always something that appealed to me that expression that kind of you know if I can't say it when we speak maybe if I if I play it and try and write something then it would make kind of more sense to me and doing music for a long time and knowing that I, I would just kind of sucked at it a lot just made me want to just keep keep doing it and and keep doing it and 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 um, I'm quite hard-headed I'm quite pig-headed so I just kind of you know I I kept at stuck it. With it. I, I I stuck with it. I stuck with it, and um, uh, you know, I stuck with it. I made a few records, just kind of, for, you know, for myself and by myself. And then in 2010, 11, I got to work with a fantastic producer here in in London, a guy called Danton Suffolk. He'd worked with some really, you know, super bands, and was able to. He just taught me so much about music, about songwriting, about composition, about arrangement, and I always just stuck stuck with it. And the guitar is what keeps me. It's how my writing process is: I learn something about the guitar, um, and that excites me to the point that I need to write something. Put in the song. Yes. So that's 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 fantastic. I love hearing that, man. And. But have you always been Frank Cinelli, or were you ever a part of like a band? You know, like uh, in, in one way, have... in one way or another, I was always Frank Cinelli. Like for a while, I I was out as Good Times, Good Times. Uh, that was like in the early mid two thousands, and it started as solo, and then it was a band. And at some point, it was uh, one point it was like a really big band with like two electric guitars and bass and drums and everything. And, and it was, you know, but it was always me. Um, it was always me. I've never done, I don't know. I've never done really well with bands or uh, that's just my, my kind of personality. I, I kind of, I spend a lot of time by myself, you know, just trying to figure stuff out. So I, I'm, I'm not good at, at, at the band situation, but finding the right musicians to play my music has been a vital part of my sound, specifically uh, the last couple of records where I have kind of opened it up to some really fantastic musicians and it's all credit to them to understand kind of how how best to, to communicate. And that's one of the hardest things about playing music is finding the right people to work with and all being on the same level to be able to communicate you know i don't tell absolutely yeah i don't tell my my musicians what to play i'm not like oh can you play this or that there you know they play with me because i think they're uh fantastic and i i i'm happy as opposed to the guy who just wants a hundred bucks for coming and playing drums on a record yeah and those guys aren't very good i mean they're okay but you don't want them like why you know why you know if absolutely that's really cool hey i gotta find some good times good times music somewhere i gotta just right. hear it well on my on um, my so if you on on my spotify there's a record called glue um and that was that's my first record that i made with like a little yamaha eight track recorder and uh that was originally out as good times good times and that's what that was my f- kind of first foray into kind of recorded music um great 
and and yeah and then and then when i did like the my my own name stuff uh then i was like glue is such a, a part of kind of who i am that i kind of just put it up there again and that's the great thing about being an artist you do you do what you want you know with your music and it's it's fine um so let's uh let's shift back to um stuff that you're up to like things that are going on for you uh you sent over just recently to us the you you got a song in that vw commercial yeah Yeah. how'd that so uh you know aside from my own um music which like i said before is very much in the kind of flies the the indie folk flag you know i love different kinds of music and i make a lot of um you know blues and big kind of rock and roll and or heavier music and i i need to do that for me but if i put that music out under my name i think it would make things very difficult for me in terms of you know just to get out there and tour as a, as a as a folk artist so some things i put under different names some things i make for production music or library music um and some things i just try and uh do something a little different with so um this is uh, i made a a record which is actually up on spotify as well and and the name is pop's palace um and uh I took the name from uh, two of my favorite artists, you know, pop staples from the staple singers and my favorite Freddie King song, which is called Living in the Palace of the King. And I call the project Pop Palace. And it's just this really kind of absurd, huge rock and roll guitar with really obnoxious kind of beats. But it's something that was a lot of fun to do. And it's something that a friend of mine heard and said, that's like really kind of, you know, syncable and, those people that don't know what syncable a sync means a song that gets you know placed on be it a film or a commercial or, or whatever and so i just kind of set about you know contacting a few people and then it's gotten placed on on, on a few things which is which is nice which is really cool and it gives me another outlet to to, to, to write things um and and just you know write compose express myself through through music and yeah. it's amazing for me to have an avenue now to not just have to going back to the brand you know concept that we started with um you know i'm i'm not a brand because i'm i'm making folk music and i'm making big rock and roll music uh, that's getting that has a commercial place you know um and that's important yeah. so if i consider myself just i'm an indie folk guy i wouldn't be um you know i'd be shooting myself in the foot because there'd be this whole other avenue of you know making a living through music that i wouldn't be considering yeah you're a musician you yeah. can do that Absolutely. yeah it makes sense <laughs> yeah um no that's cool and so you you mentioned uh catalogs so those are the like you're just finding uh, song banks and, and contributing to that. And- uh, libraries, there's lots of really good, um, you know, production libraries. And again, for people that maybe don't listen to this who don't know what that is, that's basically, you know, a, a label who um, has a catalog of music that is um, basically cleared already to use in any broadcast situation and what that means for an artist is that you give them your music you sign whatever to that label and they don't need to ask your permission to to use it somewhere you've just already that's how the bw 
yeah. thing popped up. Yeah, yeah. And no, 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 it's not. That that that's, that was a, a, a direct kind of sync. Mm. Um, but for production music, that's how it works. And that just allows yourself the freedom to do stuff as an artist and not worry about like, I'm going to press vinyls and I need to tour this and I need to da 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 um, You know, it, it gives, it, it's a very, very good feeling. So then when, when I get back to making my indie folk stuff, which is the, the things that I want to put my name on, then I've, I feel like I've gotten kind of the cobwebs out, you know, and I'm ready to kind of get back to business. Yeah, no, it's, you're keeping the, sh the tool sharp too. Yes. Writing. Um, how are you thinking about touring? You mentioned touring a minute ago. What are you doing for for the at least for your stuff, the Frank Cinelli st stuff? Um, how are you thinking about tour? I'm touring lots. I last um, when the album came out in September, I was around uh, the UK for a couple of months. It was not a lot. It was maybe about twenty or thirty shows. Um, I used to tour so much. I used to my living used to depend on touring and it got to a point where my writing uh and my health but my writing suffered greatly from it because you're just out yeah. you're playing your set and you're playing your set and you're playing your set and 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 you're hustling for gigs and and trying to make that work and and you have no space you have no space you have no time to to to, to think about what do i want to where do i want to what do I want to do next? So, but touring is very, very important to me. It's a vital part of what I do. So, um, I toured last year, like I say, a couple of months and I'm going to be out again on and off from the end of February. And I want to get back to the, to the States this year. Cause I, I haven't been there for a few years playing shows and, and I love it. They're all over. So, um, it, well, I have to let us know when you do. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll come and visit. You guys are in, uh, San Diego. Is that right? That's correct. All the way down here, but we'll we'll, uh, we'll come see you anywhere right. nearby. Excellent. LA is pretty close to us. And you you tour Italy a lot, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great great place to play. Um, I've, you know, anywhere with with an audience is a great place to play. But they have there's a very wonderful music scene throughout Italy in the south of Italy. Um, you know, in Sicily especially, they're very, very big on blues. Like the heavier, the better. Um, and and in and and in the north, around Reggio Emilia, Bologna, you know, the kind of uh, the northeast of Italy, they have a really fantastic, um, just music scene, a history of really, really great uh, songwriters. Um, yeah. And you speak Italian? Yes, see, si, absolutely. Nice. nice. Did you, and then if I remember correctly, did you, are you from Rome? Yes, that's right. I was born in Rome and then my mom and dad moved here to uh, London when I was, uh, when I was a baby, you know, when I was four or five years old. Um, and, and so I kind of became a, a Londoner ever since. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to find when we Google you is your performance on Italy, the Italian voice. Ah, how, did that, how did that come about? I thought you were great, man. It was excellent. I was so pumped. Thank you. Well, that was just one of those things that those opportunities that kind of touring presents that the, um, yeah, I played a show in Rome with my band. I was touring and, um, and, uh, they basically got in touch and just said, oh, we saw you were performing. They saw like a poster or something. 
And uh, they sent me a really cheesy email saying, oh, you look cool in the poster. We want you on the show. Oh, goodness. No. Uh, and, and, and they came to the show and they were like, do you want to be on The Voice? And I said, what is The Voice? And they explained it to me. And uh, I was somewhat dubious. Uh, but they seemed really cool. And they're like, you know, you get to go and do your thing. And, and it was just... Uh, like, why would I not take that opportunity? You know what I mean? It's so, Absolutely. Why, why, why would I not try? I, I mean, I didn't, they, they, they asked me to, to, you know, to sing Bruce Springsteen in the river. And I was just like, I'd, can I not sing something that is not Bruce Springsteen in the river? Because, uh, you know, <laughs> it's Bruce Springsteen in the river. And I sung it and, you know, needless to say, I adore everything of the boss and his music, and it's such. He's been such an important influence and uh, and uh, and and you know teacher to to me. So like being on stage singing Bruce Springsteen is just like no, don't do that. It's it was one of those like if you're a band, it's like you know you don't play Led Zeppelin, you don't play the Beatles, you just don't do it and. That was always our role. You can't do Beatles or Stones. Exactly. No one can do Beatles or Stones. I, I as feel good like as I was, I was on on stage like singing the Boss, which is the equivalent, you know. But it was such mm -hmm. an incredible experience. Uh, I enjoyed it so much being up there, and it's all like the flashy TV thing and the band. My everlasting memory of that experience is playing with that band, who were just like seasoned, you know, pros. Um, who was so good, and it was just so much fun to play with them. But the, the 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 judges, they turned around and they were just like, there was one guy who was like, with all respect to him, maybe twelve years old. I had no idea who he was, and he was just like, yeah, I didn't get it. And um, and then <laughs> and then the two people who got it and and liked it were like, but why did you sing Bruce Springsteen? And I was like. I know, um, but it was fun. It was a good. It was a. It was a fun. So they set you up. Did you throw the show under the bus? That would have. I didn't want to, but the, no. they made me. Who was, was that guy? No, not at all. I was. I was just like, cool. Thank you very much, and kind of and and walked on stage. But I tell you, like an an audience, like a TV audience, like they're brutal because on those kind of shows, at least how it was in Italy, like people, it's like a TV audience who like love those shows. It's not like a, a show audience. So they all love like the suspense and there's people, you know, from the show who are like holding up cars going like clap, be sad, be happy. be blah, blah. And so when I got on stage and I started singing and they were like, yeah. And then when, when, you know, the, the judges were like, then the the audience were just like so quiet and they were just like adding tits to the suspense and it was just like, <laughs> oh goodness but um but my my brother and his wife were there they were like my family members to to there to support me but it was fun we went off and had a bunch of cocktails afterwards it was it was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah, that sounds that's pretty great. cool man it's a great story it's a great story um, well, this has been great. Thank Frank. you. Thank Thanks. you. I hope, I hope I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed having a conversation with you guys. You know, I love, I'm big fans of what you do and with your, you know, block, black box app and it's, it's, it's really good. It's a, it's, it's good. And I feel that artists need more, um, as much 
push, as much help for ideas of, of how they can kind of just communicate their world with other people. That's the world that we're, we're living in now. It's not about kind of, hey, check out my new music. It's more about like, this is what I think, this is my vibe, and maybe other people will connect with it. People don't like to be sold anything these days, I think. That's my conclusion from yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot right. of everybody's selling everything, but yeah, no, I, thank you. It's been great, great helping you on it too. Um, anything you want to leave uh, the audience with, where they can find you? Uh, they can go to my website, which is frankchinelli.com, and uh, or any uh, websites. But my name is spelled funny, so you probably never find me. But uh, but I'm here, uh, and. Um, yeah, I make music. I share music. Yeah, no worries. Absolutely. And yeah, man, on a side note, your music's fantastic. Thank you, thank you. You're very kind. I've enjoyed uh, talking with you guys. Have a wish you a good uh, good day, and uh, we'll speak very soon. Thank you. Bye bye. It's the right time of the season It's the right time to pick up sticks and fly It's the right time to get even With the thoughts that clutter up your sky It's the right time to learn From the bones you got from love It's the right time to say I'm getting out I've had enough It's the right time to be driftwood On a river of brake lights Rolling and tumbling Endlessly making love to the night It's the Right time to laugh at the nothing that you learned from love. It's the right time to say, I'm getting out, I've had enough. Infinite, we are not. 